Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild, uh, where we discuss the wildest boys in town uh, with your favourite wild boy, Horatio Gould. Yes, hello, thank you for having me. Um, this is like, I, I saw, I've just released the first episode um, and someone uh, tweeted that they thought this looked like it was my bedroom. This is not actually my bedroom, but so good is my skill of production value and illusion that... Uh, I can very easily convince you of my bedroom. It's actually a shed. So if you can see on the video, there's some Dulux paint. Um, this is a very sheddy shed uh, that my mum just uses for old shit because women don't really seem to use sheds like men. Mum just uses this as a place to dump stuff. But when we moved in to this house, by the way, I'm isolating with my mum, just me and her, um, the dream team, um, and it's down in Sussex, just outside Brighton. And um, when we're buying this house, we bought it off a family of like a, a couple with like three kids. And the man built this shed. And you could just tell that this is clearly a pre-divorce shed. You know? You know when t men are tired in marriages that they, they have to have that crisis and they have to build a shed to give themselves just some space to get away from how miserable their life is. And that's what this shed is. He clearly built this. It didn't work. I think they got divorced. Um, but that's what I love about these vibes, this shed. Um, it's just got... It's just got the smell of a dead marriage. And I really... I like to bring that energy, you know? It's from one boy gone going wild to another boy going wild. Um, I'm a child of divorce. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of divorce. Um, I don't. I, I. I don't really get on with kids whose parents are together. It's because I. I find it a bit embarrassing when uh, two uh, adults love each other. It's a bit like, like past the age of forty, if you're still in love, it's just a bit awkward, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And like in general, most of my friends come from broken homes. Uh, because kids, kids and their parents together, they just got this kind of naive look in their eyes, like things are going to be all right. It's not going to be all right, you know. And divorced kids, you know, they 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 understand it. They know. It's like uh, it's good to have a pet die before your grandparent dies because it's like a rehearsal of the the process you need. It's good to have your parents divorce before you divorce. <laughs> like I I think I'm divorce material. Like there's marriage material. There's single material and there's divorce material. Like I think I'm not. I think I've definitely got it in me to have a marriage. I'm not gonna self-deprecate that much. I think I've got it in me to have a marriage, but I don't have it in me to keep a marriage. That's my limit. So I think I'm very much divorce material. Um, I think my my dream marriage would to be have a a divorce shared marriage, one where I want to be in one of those marriages where I've built the shed like this shed and i don't even come home through the front door anymore i go straight in through the back gate we've got kids uh but we haven't we haven't slept together since we conceived the last child which was five years ago it's a long time um i come home from work and i don't go through the front door i go through the back door straight to my shed which just has all my little things in it the only things that i like in the world now i've got like little bespoke miniature beers kept in a little mini fridge um and like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, this just reminded me. Um, 
when 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 I was at school, uh, my friend Sam Ellingworth, shout out if you're listening, used to bring in a mini fridge to school um, to keep his snacks nice and cold. And um, the thing about this mini fridge is it ha- used to have a, a switch that would make it go from hot to cold or cold to hot. So it could be cool or it could be baking hot. I've never seen a, a mini fridge before or since have this setting. So obviously... Every single time he brought it in, he'd bring it in for first break. He'd get his his Galaxy Smooth Milk Bar and his can of Dr Pepper. He'd just stick it in the mini fridge, and we'd just switch to hot every single time. And seeing him come back for first break and uh, just seeing his face drop as he saw his chocolate bar melted and his boiling hot <laughs> Dr Pepper. It's one of the few rare glimpses of joy i have that i keep going back to it's one of those key memories but yeah i kind of i want i want my own mini fridge in a shed in my loveless marriage where she makes the food for the family uh but doesn't make it for me i have to microwave my own ready meals that i do every night that is sort of the goals and i hope this podcast can propel me to reaching that sort of relationship um talking of divorce uh, Lucy K talks about divorce a lot. I don't know. I don't know how to. The se- the segues, the segues. That's a way of saying segues, but in French, segues. Um, are not going to be great on this podcast. I've just started, so it's still going to be the gear shifts are still coming back. You know, I'm still getting, I'm still dusting off a little bit. But um, I watched the Louis C K uh, special uh, this week, and um. I don't know. I, I'd be interested to hear what you, uh, your thoughts are on it. Uh, on it, just comment down below, because in general, I, I bet it's it's confusing because I was obs- I was obsessed with Louis C.K. He was my favorite comedian by quite a long way. Favorite American comedian, definitely. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. I think. Of his generation, I think he's better than Chappelle. I think he's better than Bill Burr. I think genuinely his stand-up was some of the pinnacle of comedy um but not only that he also made louis which is still underrated it's one of the best comedy tv shows ever made it set the bar for that type kind of comedy uh like master of none lady dynamite all those shows that came afterwards are all sort of going off the ground that he broke like it was incredible horace and pete that show is incredible so i was obsessed with louis ck absolutely obsessed and then me too happened and the the sh- he went wild. <laughs> Boy went wild. Um, it came out that he loved wanking in front of women. And like, I don't know if you remember, but in the middle of Me Too, certainly as a a man trying to be decent in the world, you just didn't know how to feel. Because none of us knew right from wrong at that point. And I, I'm not saying that was a... Obviously, there's going to be a bit of a problem when you have a radical movement. You don't know if it's gone too far. But in the middle of that, we had no idea. Like... We nearly cancelled Aziz on Sorry for a bad date. Like that was, and I was on. But when when it came out, I was like that fucking scumbag. And now looking back at it, I was like it wasn't that bad. Jesus. Uh, but at the time, we there was no, like we couldn't dif- differentiate because we didn't know what was right, what was wrong. There was all these new rules, and Louis got caught up on in that. And I was when I found out, I was heartbroken because I was like, he was like a hero even morally he was a role model like i loved his view on morals and but this really put a 
with the whole confusion of me too that's really put a bad edge on it all. And then there was fucking people who would be like, oh, boo-hoo, Louis C.K. fans. It must be really hard for you seeing your hero become a sexual predator. What about the victims? What about the victims? We're both allowed to be sad. There was a lot of, like, people weren't allowed... I'm talking for mainly white straight men. We weren't allowed to be sad that Louis turned out to not be who he thought he was. I think there needs to be room for other kinds of sadness. I was upset. But I'm not saying I was more upset than the victims. You pricks. Um, but at the time, looking through the allegations, I was still like, okay, it's a bit harsh how he's been treated. And I was sort of, on his side, I think he should have taken a break, come back. And I did, I wasn't like one of those people who was saying like, he's an absolute scumbag. It seemed to be like, it was an overreaction. But the way he's dealt with coming back has put an even worse spin on it. I was basically as a Louis C.K. fan, you're just desperate for that it to become acceptable to like him. That's all you want, and he's made it so hard, in my opinion, to really do that. Because after like a year of him leaving comedy or nine months, we were sort of ready for him to come back. You know, we'd sort of forgiven Aziz Ansari. You know. It was like, all right, Louis, you've got to do a couple of things. You've got to truly apologise. You've got to discuss it in detail. And he'd be back on mainstream television in a year. He easily. But he barely apologised. And then he starts becoming this weird, like, figurehead for the alt-right. Like, his fans are now people I don't want to be attached to. And so I was desperately waiting for this. um, I mean... I'm not saying his leaked set when everyone lost their shit at the Parkland shooter jokes. Like, grow up. It's Louis C.K. Like, you would have been fine with those jokes before. Like, it's a fucking joke. But it's still, it was just weird him not talking about what happened. It was just odd. And then this special came out, which I'm super, I was super excited for because, because I was expecting it to be the most iconic special he's ever done. And, um,. It was good. Like, it's still better than basically everyone else's special. But that's because it's Louis C.K., one of the greatest comedians ever lived. But it was incredibly disappointing. It was called Sincerely. Um, You can buy it off his website. Um, And I watched it. And he barely discussed what happened to him. And his jokes are like jokes that he would have done 10 years ago. Like, they were fine jokes. But you can't have a global humiliation like he had where everyone knows you like wanking off in front of your female colleagues with or without their consent and then come on stage and be like well don't you think that uh, Christians are crazy it's like what the fuck are you talking about he was just doing normal Louis CK bits it's Louis no it's oh you can't it doesn't work it's weird and he wasn't even doing he wasn't even progressing his style. Every special he's done, he sort of progressed his style. But this one, it was going back. It was like jokes from like 10 years ago. He even did like a, a bad 9-11 joke. It's like you personally did the 9-11 jokes to end all 9-11 jokes. Which was funny enough about wanking. But there was a lot of topics that he himself had ended in comedy because he'd done them so well. He made a bad 9-11 joke, which was just lazy, even though he's done the greatest 9-11 joke of all time, which is, you know how bad a person you are, 
because of how long you wait. You know, you know, you can tell how bad a person you are by seeing how long you waited to masturbate after 9-11. For me personally, it was between the two towers coming down. Like, best 9-11 joke I think I've ever heard. And then he still goes, to, and then his opening 10 minutes is, is him pointing out how illogical religion is and God is. You've done that, mate. You put the nail in the coffin of those jokes. It's, his whole career has been built on him being honest and talking about everything. And when something someone has something humiliating in the news, he'll happily talk about their fuck-ups. I've seen, heard him make jokes about Eric Clapton's kid falling out a window. Like, anyone else's darkness, he'll happily talk about. So... I was ready to forgive him. I think what he's done was definitely not fully cancelable. I think he just needs to... But he comes out with basically no remorse and doesn't really talk about it. And when he does, for the five minutes he does, he's cowardly. He doesn't really go into it. The whole special should have been about that. The whole special should have been about it. And the fact that he came on to a standing ovation. Like, I love Louis C.K. I think he's... I'm one of the people who'd definitely have given him a standing ovation. But don't give him a standing ovation with his first special back. Like, maybe at the end of the special, maybe, if he did an incredible special. But the fact that it opens with people going, Louis, 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 as if he's some sort of hero. Like, I can hear arguments that he might not have done that much wrong. But he didn't, <laughs> he didn't do anything right. I don't understand how you can cheer a guy who's like, yeah, wank in front of him. We should be allowed to wank in front of our colleagues. Yes! You're my hero, Louis. Surely it should it should only be negative what happened to him. Maybe not as negative as has happened, but it's certainly not. Louis, Louis, Louis. <laughs> I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. Um, I would love to hear other people's views. I'm still, I'll still watch all this stuff. I'm still a massive fan. Um, I still think he's one of the best comedians ever. But it was just weird how cowardly he was. You know? I've been a racial